VR is based upon the feeling of presence and immersion, meaning you are completely immersed in the environment. You don't realize that there are things going on outside of the headset, which is quite literally simulating a feeling and creating user agency, meaning you have control over the outcome of the situation. And so it allows you to take these highly complex, nuanced, and very personal situations and experience them in a way that's safe and in a way that's controlled and in a way that has the same emotional effect as a real life experience without the same emotional consequences. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Jason Campbell, and I wanted to take a moment to announce something I've been wanting to do for a long time, which is actually get a chance to interact with the listeners of Superhumans at Work. If you're enjoying the concepts, enjoying the show, and wanting to have a bit more interaction, I actually am setting up a live call, which is happening on June 30th at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific time, where you'll get to ask your questions. I'll be there live to interact with you, answer those, bring some new insights from the top episodes we've featured on the show so far. See, when you run podcasts, I get to interview amazing guests, yet it's a one-way conversation. And so I've always wanted to bring a live component where I get to interact with you. And we're going to be kicking it off on this Tuesday on the 30th of June. And so if you want to register, you can actually find a link in the show notes. And so this would be a good time to pause the episode, save your seat right now so you can grab one of the limited spots that will be available for this first time and enjoy the rest of the episode once you're done. I'll see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. My name is Jason Campbell, and the guest that we have today is an amazing woman that is in the field of technology, virtual reality, and really helping organizations be at the highest levels when it comes to being trained with emerging technologies such as this virtual reality world. Now, Morgan Mercer, being the founder and CEO of Vantage Point, is going to come here to share us what are the advantages and emerging fields of training that happen within the world of VR? How do we see this being applicable in our companies? And we also are going to dive into her amazing work routine as a CEO. She is a young entrepreneur that's been featured in over 60 publications, podcasts, TV, including Fox News, British Vogue, BBC, Bloomberg, the list goes on. And she's just been a extraordinary individual with any kind of hackathon and startup company venture. She's been a mentor. She's raised tons of capital from investors. You will see all the things she's accomplished is quite an incredible thing. She is the true wonder woman for superhumans here. And so Morgan Mercer, thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. Now, Morgan, I was reading your bio and I'm like, wow, you've been in this tech space. You've been in this virtual reality space. You've raised this money. I'd love to understand, like, where did you get started with being exposed to this field of technology and where do you see yourself going with this virtual reality? Yeah, that's really interesting. So when I was in university, I actually decided that I wanted to be a serial entrepreneur. I read a book by Ryan Blair on entrepreneurship. And then from that, my whole mindset changed. Previously, I was actually on track and I decided that I wanted to go work for a startup. So I actually reached out to a ton of startups in DC. I moved from Europe to DC and I uh, basically said, hire me. 
And every single startup said, okay, well, what for? And I said, I don't know, just hire me and we'll figure it out. So I started out kind of jumping in. And then alongside that, I was really passionate about technology. I love learning about emerging technology because they're landscapes and fields that aren't completely shaped yet or aren't completely written. We're still looking at future-looking applications of things like computer vision and AI, etc. And so that was always really interesting to me. And I actually read something. It was a book called Crossing the Chasm, and it talked about future-looking applications of emerging technologies. So I read about VR. I reached out to the only person who had a location-based VR game studio in DC. And I said, I want to try VR. He quickly became one of my really good friends. But after I tried VR, it changed my world because I realized I had a moment where I literally was in a VR experience and I like yelled (laughs) at something. And I had a moment where I just realized how effective VR was at simulating feelings. And so tangentially, as I became passionate about things like equity, equality, et cetera, I realized the impact that VR could have on enterprise training as it pertains to harassment and diversity. That's amazing because when I think of VR, you know, I think of those video games and I think a lot of people might have been on those YouTube videos where you see just like how you got scared in a moment of VR, you'll see like a scary moment or a roller coaster. And those are the kinds of applications that first come to mind when I think virtual reality. Yet here you're recognizing the path that it's going to take when it comes to enterprise training. And so can you walk us a bit about what's happening in that field and what's the problems that VR is going to solve? Yeah. So ties to my first experience with VR, I mean, the biggest thing I say, especially as it pertains to anything related to EQ, EI, harassment, diversity and inclusion, soft skills training, et cetera, is that you can't explain a feeling. So I can't tell you what it feels like to feel happy, sad, scared, uncomfortable. Just like you can't tell me what it feels like to feel happy, sad, scared, uncomfortable because feelings are deeply steeped in personal context. And so for me to share with you what I'm feeling and say, I feel uncomfortable, it's going to take a completely different meaning for you based on your experience with the feeling or with the emotion. And so it's how do you create a shared perspective around a feeling, right? And how do you actually create that within a simulated and safe environment. And that's what VR allows you to do. VR is based upon the feeling of presence and immersion, meaning you are completely immersed in the environment. You don't realize that there are things going on outside of the headset, which is quite literally simulating a feeling and creating user agency, meaning you have control over the outcome of the situation. And so it allows you to take these highly complex, nuanced, and very personal situations and experience them in a way that's safe and in a way that's controlled and in a way that has the same emotional effect as a real life experience without the same emotional consequences, right? And so as I had this realization around fear, I realized how easily that could apply to pro-social behaviors and positive outcomes such as simulating discomfort to teach people agency to speak up and change a situation or change a problem. And that obviously lends itself to enterprise training. That sounds so useful right now, especially in the cases where you say like people can't experience the same feeling. And so I'd be curious to know because these are coming up or are these already available? And if they're not currently available, what are some of the things that we can do with the current technology that's available to help with inclusion, equality, and all of these issues that I know you're pushing forward with? So we build out training around inclusion and equality and harassment, et cetera. So we do DEI training, which is essentially diversity, equity, and inclusion training. We do sexual harassment training, which is something that post Me Too is now mandated and regulated in 37 of the 50 states. 
And so we actually will use photorealistic characters instead of sitting in your apartment as we all are <laughs> in the time of coronavirus. We actually will immerse you in a conference room setting, or maybe it's a work party in Vegas or a lunch table with your colleagues, and we'll surround you with photorealistic characters that look you in the face. We use things like invasion of personal space, tonality, gaze, the contextual nuances that actually make up the majority of the problem. And as we're creating this feeling, it's very much like being transported to the real life situation. And it feels that way. It's experiential. And that's the goal. That's the impact of the technology. And then we'll use branching narrative story structures. So the actions you take influence the outcome you see to train you around what you can do better. So obviously based upon the, or maybe not so obviously based upon the assumption that every single person can always show up in a better way, right? It doesn't matter how great, you could be great. You could be completely self-aware, but you can always be better in some way. There's always room for growth. And so we're always building on your learnings and teaching you how to be a better upstander, how to be a better colleague, or how to be a better ally, or how to speak up for yourself or for somebody else, or how to be more self-aware and building on that. And that's something that we already have with the technology. And then future looking, what I believe we'll be able to do is I believe that we'll actually be able to create training wherein the skin tone of the person you're talking to changes if we're able to detect that you have bias, right? Or the character that you're interacting with changes if we're able to detect that you have lower levels of self-awareness around topics. So that's where the industry is moving towards. Wow. I mean, I can see the vision. I can think of the book that I read, The Ready Player One, where the entire world moved into a kind of virtual reality world where the schools were happening there, the work was happening there, and the training's happening there. And I see that, especially in the time right now when we're all at home, being able to use these kinds of technologies allows us even to get together and have these simulations. So I just want to take a moment and say thank you for bringing this forward. I've had previous guests speaking about the Me Too movements, just giving me like contextual environments of where these scenarios can play out and how difficult these conversations can be. And even through a simple conversation, I realized the feelings and the lack of education that I had. And I think bringing these ideas forward with virtual reality are going to be really powerful for a lot more people to have that empathy and build bridges between everybody so we understand each other more. And what I wanted to do, because I know that you're all about the VR, these trainings that you're doing, this is all what your company's focus, but I wanted to kind of pivot here and speak more about Morgan the person. One of the things that I find quite impressive about you is the way that you've been able to do a lot of these accomplishments from such a young age as well, actually speaks to your habits, speaks to your dedication, speaks to your routines and your processes. And I know that you're somebody that has a lot of structure in their lives. And for everybody listening, I want you to get a glimpse of what are the behaviors of someone that acts as a superhuman look like especially when it comes to morning routines. So I wanted to kind of speak of that. Do you feel like your morning routines are something that really enable you to be at the level that you are? Are there a lot of things that you'd love to be able to share with other people that are in positions of making a huge impact like you could be doing in the morning? So I believe that the way you start your day is the way your day goes, right? And so it's really imperative that you start your day with the correct mindset and mentality. And I believe that with so many things in flux, right, there's so many different things that you handle on a day-to-day basis, whether you're an entrepreneur, a leader, a manager, whatever it may be. It's so important to have something that's consistent and something that's oriented around you and your own mental state. And so every single morning, I start my morning with a meditation. I do about 15 to 20 minutes of meditation, and then I move towards about 20 minutes of visualization, goal setting or goal review and affirmations where I literally listen to Glitch Mob. It's, I don't know if you've heard Glitch Mob, but it's like very intense electronic music. And when I'm visualizing, I'm literally visualizing that I shape 
the world or I can control the outcome of my day or the outcome of my life. And so they're like very powerful visualizations. And I'm really focused on just like tapping into a very high energy mental state. And then from there, I typically move into reflection. So I have two books I'm reading right now, but it changes. Right now I'm reading Book of Nothing and then Autobiography of a Yogi. And so I'll do about 10 minutes of each. And then I'll write in my journal, whatever my reflections are. A lot of times what I like to do is I like to look back in my previous day reflections as well to see if anything shifted or changed. But I always spend about an hour to an hour and a half doing this every single morning. Now, I find this super powerful of a morning routine. I'm also someone that has a very strong morning routine. I wanted to touch on two things from what you said. Number one, I love that you made a distinction between your meditation and your visualization. A lot of times I find these two terms get used interchangeably in the industry. And I'd like to maybe dig more about like, what do you specifically mean when you say you spend time meditating versus the creative visualization that you do? So meditation to me is more so the state of nothing or the state of being, right? Like the state of just being present, but not thinking and not expending energy towards something, right? And so when I'm meditating, if something comes up to my present awareness, I table it for later and I say, okay, you know, I'm aware that this is a thought. I'm letting go of the thought I'm going to be. And so it's like, it's a flow state. Whereas when I'm visualizing, I am intentionally directing energy towards something. So whether it's towards visualizing an outcome or towards tapping into a feeling, I am intentionally expending energy towards a direction or towards an outcome versus focusing on the state of being without an associated outcome. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. I mean, I'm somebody who's went through like, for me, meditation is a completely field because I'm an overactive mind person. And so I find that the meditation gives me a certain benefit versus the creative visualization is something that really stimulates an already hyperactive part of me. And so I love the fact that you made that distinction where you go and you make the clarity and then you go and make the visualization. I wanted to touch on something else, Morgan, because like I said, I also have a strong routine. Like I know that I wake up, I meditate, I'll do my journaling, I'll do my fitness, I'll go running. But I found myself, especially in these times of COVID, that as much as I have my morning routines, there's sometimes that I feel that there's an energy of inertia that keeps pulling me from my set intention. And I'd love to know in your times, when you have this set plan to do all these amazing things? Are there times that there's a slip and what is it that you do to counter that slip? And is it okay? Or do you have to pull through or what's your feelings around that? That's really interesting. So I have numerous feelings around that. So my first feeling around that is if you have a feeling of inertia, it's because you're focusing on the wrong things, right? And that's one of my favorite quotes. It's like, if you're dreading the work that's to be done, it's because you're focusing on the work and not the end result or the outcome. So you need to shift your mindset. You need to, it's great to be aware of that. You need to shift your mentality and reframe because yes, you know, when you're waking up every single day and you're quarantined into your apartment, like we are in Los Angeles, that is possible, but it means that you need to shift your mindset. The second one is actually a mental reframe that my coach gave me. And it was my sole responsibility to the world is to find fulfillment in today. So when you approach the day with that mindset, then it allows for a lot more fluidity in what you choose to do. And it feels a lot less like something that you're dreading doing, right? Like I have to answer all these emails. Well, that's not going to give me fulfillment, but actually answering this one email that I've been waiting for will, 
then you're in a completely different mental state. And the number three is I actually have a Pinterest board that I've been curating now for about four years. And it's all sorted into lifestyle and travel, etc. But it's my visualization board. And I'm not kidding. I have thousands of pins. And that's literally what I look at is I wake up and I look at that and it's, you know, okay, well, maybe I can't travel right now or okay, well, maybe this isn't my life right now, but it will be one day. And having the ability to look at something makes it feel a lot more real. And when something feels real tangibly and not like some esoteric thing that you're thinking about, it's a lot easier to wake up and and find the motivation. I love it. I mean, I wanted to bring this up because I remember in a past episode, I went and I listed all of my morning routine and it made it seem like I'm a 100% robot that always does this on every single day without fault. And what I realized is I have a couple of days that I didn't feel as motivated. And I have a very similar system that I use, which is Lifebook. It's one of the Mind Valley products that we have, but I have this book that has all of the reasons why I want to do what I do. And I took a step back on a Sunday and I went to read back there to see why is it that I do what I do so it could get me back into that state. And this actually brings me to kind of that final question I wanted to bring up, which is, where is this all leading to? Where do you see you make an impact in the world? You have these amazing routines. I know you, you like the way you organize your calendar, your day. It starts with a perfect morning and then you go ahead and crush so many goals. You're raising money. You're doing this initiative around virtual reality. What's the end goal and what's the shift you want to make on the planet? So my end goal is very esoteric because it encompasses a ton of meta goals, right? But around a mission, right? It's not a goal. It's not like I want to you know, make a ton of money or I want to write a book or whatever. Like that's not my goal. I'm a mission oriented person. So I want to inspire, enable and empower a hundred million women and minorities to enter STEM related careers or entrepreneurship within their lifetime. I, you know, look at the way the world looks right now and it's not representative, especially within STEM entrepreneurship, leadership positions. It's not representative of the way the world actually looks from an ethnic or a demographic or socioeconomic breakdown. And then even when you dive into those different areas, there's a lot of work to be done. And so every single thing I do, and that's part of my mentality reframe to find fulfillment in today, every single thing I do ties back to that, whether it's the book I'm writing or whether it's mentoring an accelerator program, or you know whether it's literally just supporting people within my network and pitching them to a writer that I'm speaking to because I want them to get coverage, because I want to lift other people up. It's literally, I'm always building towards inspiring and enabling a hundred million women and minorities who come after me to be able to enter these roles, whether it be because they see somebody who's a role model, whether it be because they all of a sudden have access to capital, whether it be from a program I roll out or from you know making a workspace more inclusive, whatever it is, it always ties to that. That is brilliant. Morgan, thank you so much for coming to share with us today. I wanted to give a recap for all the listeners here because we covered a lot of different things. For one, I wanted to pick your curiosity about what the future world looks like when it comes to organizational training. These ideas around VR to bring these ideas about inclusion, about equality and diversity into the workplace are going to be massive so that we can start to empathize. But for today, understand that when you put yourself in other people's shoes is really when you start to empathize. And so look at the people around you. Think of all the different scenarios. Listen to more episodes that speak about gender equality within this podcast so that you can take steps now to bring a lot more of these ideas around equality, diversity, and inclusion into your workspace. And as virtual reality emerges, definitely have a look at Get Vantage Point. 
which is the company of Morgan, where she's pushing these initiatives to be lived through virtual reality inclusion exercises. I love that we went through Morgan's morning exercises because you see, if you want to have a great day, it starts with a powerful start. Meditation, visualization, journaling, all of these amazing protocols that you would know about if you're a follower of Mind Valley, but you see they're put into practice that allows you to do incredible things. And I love how everything is tied to this big mission that pulls forward all the rest of the days. If you're feeling a bit of a slump, see if you can use an idea from Morgan here, which is using something like a Pinterest board with your vision or any kind of tool that allows you to always figure what is the big vision that you want to do so that the days that you're not feeling excited about getting up and doing those powerful things, you know the reason why. Simon Sinek obviously wrote the book, Start With Why. When you have a powerful vision, you know you can always go back to this why so that you can actually see that you'll be motivated to get started. And even if it's not exciting, you just do it because you know the reason why. And then finally, I'm very excited to see the future that's going to be unfolded with Morgan pushing forward 100 million women, minorities, being educated, access to STEM technologies, and see what are the goals you can set that are not just about you, but about helping others. Because when you come from that energy, you get to accomplish amazing things. Morgan, you're an extraordinary person, a superhuman indeed. Thank you for giving us a glimpse into your life and sharing these powerful systems with everybody. Thank you for having me. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast.